Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey everyone, this is Dan Dunn. Before we get started today with the big show, I want to tell you about one of our fabulous sponsors, Hover.com. That's H-O-V-E-R. Hover is the domain management made simple. It's the easiest and quickest way to buy a domain name. You can do it in under five minutes. If you've ever registered a domain, you know the companies just try to upsell you with stuff you don't need or that should just be included in the domain. Hover's honest. They never try to upsell you at checkout. And everything the other guys charge extra for is included in the cost of your domain. Plus, Hover has the best customer support in the industry. They have a no-hold phone policy. That's right. You're not getting put on hold. And when you call them, you're going to get a real live human being on the phone to help you take care of anything you need. Hover takes all the hassle out of getting a domain. Just type in a few keywords you want in the search box and it'll tell you if it's available or not. And Hover has .coms or specific country codes or .nets, which we really love. Go with the .net. Everything's available on the .net. You want to know how great .net is? I have a .net, the imbiber.net. I've had it for years and I've moved it over to Hover.com because Hover.com is fantastic. They take care of all my needs. Well, not all my needs, most of my needs. And another big, big, big exciting thing about Hover is that they now offer Google Apps. That's right. You can add Google Apps to your domain. Basically, you get everything you already love about the full suite of Google's productivity apps. That's Gmail, Calendar, Drive, Docs, the whole package. You already love and trust Google Apps. And Gmail's 25 gigabytes of storage and collaborating with chat and file sharing. And here's the thing. Google's a huge company. So if you've got any questions or problems, issues you need resolved, you're going to get put on hold for a long time. That's the best part. You get everything you love about Google Apps, but with the outstanding support of Hover. Again, it's the best in the industry. They make it easy. It's a great solution for businesses. It's also great for families and groups who want the ability to share all kinds of stuff. If you're still not quite sure Google Apps is for you, we're offering a 30-day free trial to see what you think. And as if you need one more reason to check out Hover, we're offering a 10% discount. Go to Hover.com right now, enter discount code happy hour. That's one word, happy hour. Or you can just go to Hover.com slash happy hour. You're going to get 10% off because of our love of Hover.com and Hover.com's love of the Zane and Dunn show. So what are you waiting for? Go register that domain name now. There's really no reason not to go to Hover.com if you want to register a new domain. You know what? Let me give you another reason why you should. And that reason is this. You go there right now, you get a promo code, happy hour, gets you 10% off a new domain name. Just go to www.hover, that's H-O-V-E-R dot com slash happy hour, or just enter happy hour when you get there. 10% off hover.com, the easiest way to buy a domain name. So what are you waiting for? Yes, it's happy hour. By the way, we're changing that that opening thing, Tyler. I want that changed by next week's show. I've had it. I want something more. I want something more chill. Something more. Um, you know, I want some pop culture. I want explosions. Things. Anyway, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take care of that later. Uh, first of all, I want to just. I want to say to everybody off the front because. 
I'm going to introduce our guest uh, shortly, but I was listening to his show and I noticed that he and Corolla and Jay Moore and all these guys that do podcasts, they do one thing that Zane and I never do, and Zane's not here right now, we'll get to that in a second, is thank everybody for supporting the show <laughs> and encourage you to tell your friends about it. You know, Follow us on Twitter, uh, down, download the show for free, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Our Twitter handles are at Zane Dunn Show, I'm at The Imbiber, and then there's at Zane Lamprey. Speaking of uh, at Zane Lamprey, Zane's not here, as you know, he's been traveling around doing stuff so i wanted to check in i asked him to send us a quick dispatch and let us know where zane is today so let's find out what zane's doing hey dan i am actually uh you're probably not gonna like this but i am in an undisclosed location shooting for an undisclosed project uh it's actually a national geographic uh project for nat geo tv um it's an amazing show and that really is all I can say at this point, besides the fact that it's amazing. And I'm very happy to be working on it. Although, I have to say, Dan, I miss you. I miss you. I don't miss you enough to leave this job. Or um, to get me a gig fact, on it. I don't it. really yeah. miss you enough to even get up early in the morning to meet you for breakfast, like you always ask. But I promise, I promise at some point I, w- I will. Like maybe brunch? Lunch? Uh, dinner? If you buy me dinner, Dan, see, I'm not really I will, missing Zane now. After <laughs> better off. Can I just say uh, uh, he could be in a, you personally? He could be at an In and Out Burger. Yeah. Like yeah. he could be making this all. We're gonna do some due diligence here. And figure I think out what's he's going making on. it. You know what? I don't Actually, believe here comes the director. I probably shouldn't. I got. I got to go back. I gotta, all right. I gotta, I gotta. So now, all right, there was Zane. That's where Zane is. All right. Let me let me get to uh, let me get to introducing our guests today. Well, first of all, I guess first up, he's not really. A guest. He's my guest co-host yeah. today. My guest co-host, regular on the Opie and Anthony show, mm. Red Eye with Greg Gutfeld. Is it good? Good. Gutfeld. 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 Yeah, I believe. Joe Derosa. How everybody. are you, Joe Derosa? Hi. What's happening? <laughs> calm down. Calm down. I know, it's amazing how you right. fit all those people in. Yeah. A lot of people here. Yeah, Joe's here, and then also sitting in with us today. So you would be like our second. You'd sort of be our support alternate. You're your first alternate co-host in, in case Joe goes down. My brother out visiting. John Taylor out here visiting. Can with I us. say he doesn't yeah. look like you? No, he said, "Well, we're half. You know, we're half same. Uh, yeah, he's got the go. different last name, but but John's here with us as well. Thanks for coming, John. Thank you for having me. Hey, oh come <laughs> on, John. Come on. Those same he's, people he, got very angry all of a sudden. You always got to screw around with your brother. Also with us now, our guest. I guess we should jump mm-hmm. right into this. He is the he's an Emmy and Peabody award-winning writer and comedian whose extensive mm-hmm. lists of credits includes The Daily Show, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He hosts the Paul Mercurio show uh, which is on the same network as us, Sideshow Network. Yeah. And the guests in that show, I mean, the long list of great guests, uh, include Stephen Colbert, Bob Costas, Cedric the Entertainer, and Paul McCartney was on the show. And we're going to be talking about that. Um, he is our guest today. Well, you're the guest I got nervous as I saw you hitting that button. I'm like, am I getting the boo or am I getting the applause? And I got that. Nice. You're getting you're it all. Paul, Paul Mercurio, thanks for joining Absolutely, us, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks Thank for you. having me here. It's great to... It's great. <laughs> wow. Really? What, what the, no, Already I'm boring. No, just, and it's okay. great to be... I walk in, I see Joe DeRosa. We both live in New York. We had no idea that we were in L.A. together. And boom, there's my here buddy. here you are. I know. Awesome, you are. Yeah, I, well, know. You know, I was. I know. I, Joe's a friend of a friend. We hired we were were talking yesterday and i mentioned to joe that we're doing the show and i mentioned you were going to be on and i said do you you know paul 
Do I know Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I was shocked. I, the, the whole thing today is shocked. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm shocked to be here. I'm shocked that Paul's here. I'm shocked that you... On blind faith, put me right into the co-host oh, position. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know what you were. Thinking. You should have made. You should have made some phone calls about that. That's one. that speaks more to desperation than anything else. Joe. Yeah. Really? Hey, you want to co-host? They're homeless guy. I turned me down. And I was like, all right, let's see if Joe can do it. But your brothers, it was available. You could have Paul co-host. No. You know he's got a podcast. He does. Well, he's the guest. Yeah, you're the entry. He's the guest. You're the co-host. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, we yeah. were hang- Joe and I were hanging out about a month ago. Having a late night meal with Giannis Papas, yes. kind of commiserating about women yes. and what's wrong with them. And then, of course, the whole conversation was like, what's wrong with them? And his three fucked up, insecure comedians <laughs> drunk eating, the women? eating yeah. french fries and greasy chicken going, yeah, they're fucking, fucking blah, 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 blah. And it's like three o'clock in the morning and we have the three of us on 20th and 3rd Avenue crying in our soup it was so funny I yeah love, it was, it was a sad scene you love them i love them do you see what's a esquire just named uh, the sexiest woman alive scarlett johansson yeah it's like the third time yeah, she's got it I don't know, like, yeah you uh, see with no makeup uh, yeah i gotta i mean she's obviously very attractive and she's you know she'd uh, clearly be without question the hottest girl yeah. in the bar if you were in a regular bar or with maybe her. not maybe not in la or New York. Well, yeah, I gotta say, like well, there is Giselle Bunce, Giselle. I mean, if you put her in a room with Giselle, I mean, right? Like Kate there's... Upton, Kate, Kate Upton. Upton. You know, Ava Mendez. Have you ever you seen know? the Kate oh, yeah. Upton video? Uh, Terry, what's his name? The famous uh, photographer, fashion guy, Terry Richardson. The one where she's so, in a she's bikini. Yeah, in the bikini. yeah, it's great. I could watch that. For the you know the rest uh, of my life oh, every it's, day it's yeah. been it's helped me through a lot of nights. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going Kate Upton over Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah, she's ridiculous. Yeah, she she's is. ridiculous. Now, do you do you see any of these types out here? These women? Do you go to a um, diner and you I, go? Oh, I've never. Oh yeah, you see those. Kate I mean, you see not only the types, you see them. You know, that's, that's what the, I mean. The like, weird thing about LA is you know the person in line with you at Starbucks. It looks like George Clooney. Probably is George Clooney. It is. uh, Because he's a regular guy. He still buys his own coffee. You know, that's what I like about that guy. guy. Who have you seen that, even especially on the female side, like, well, not as good in person. Like, doesn't... Uh, Cameron well, Diaz. Not, yeah, Cameron yeah? Diaz, yeah. Worst skin you've ever seen. Real, like, pimply oh, and shit? There goes, yeah. there goes ever having her on really the show. really bummed me out was Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> yeah, I was going to rape her, so that's off yeah. my list. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale was what? You too? Bad <laughs> skin. It was so depressing. Really? Okay. Oh. Wait, Kate Beckinsale bad skin? Mm. The chick from Underworld? Yep. She did? Yeah, she's was, like one of the hottest girls ever. Ah. But Cameron Diaz, is, wait, she's got to be in her 30s. What's going on with bad skin at that age? She's had it all the time. If you, I, I met her in Vegas yeah. years ago, and she looked beautiful. And then the next day, we were at the pool. She was at the pool, and I saw her coming in from the pool yeah. and with not makeup, no makeup, and yeah. Yeah, bad skin. But you know who we had on our show, who is actually prettier in real life, if that's, if that's even possible, Olivia Wilde. Oh, really? Jesus oh, Christ. Was, I don't know. She doesn't do much for me. Uh, it was hard to look at her. She was no, so pretty. She's, like, there's, she's got like average tits. Her face is okay. Her ass is okay. There's nothing that goes, oh, my God. Like, I, uh, no. I think oh, she's I striking. Oh, I disagree. You both face get off the show. I, I'm leaving the show. I don't even want to be We're here done. right now. I would pay money to see Good night. Hey, John's, most beautiful John's a man of few words. I've ever seen. seen? Tyler. Cindy Crawford. Cindy She's Crawford. unbelievably beautiful yeah. in real life. I would like that. Is Ama- she? Like, more, better than you possibly could imagine. Is she tall? 
Yeah, she's she. Okay, she's off the she, list. I'm tiny. I, I saw her at how Skype big, how one big time, you? and she's. I'm uh, six three. No, I'm five, I'm five nine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm what tiny. Are you, what are you, Joe? Six two. If I'm standing up straight, I slouch a lot. Five ten, John. My, yeah. What are you, John? Six two. Six two. Wow. So, the shirt, so you guys like, could spoon. It would work yeah, out well. It would work out well. Yeah, You're six two. Yeah, but I slouch. Yeah. So you, you, your depression knows. makes you seem smaller. <laughs> it does. <laughs> In so many ways. Your lack of willing to live just feels like it just sucks all the. No. <laughs> In so many ways. It's just, you know, it's crushing. I feel like I'm being crushed to the earth. I've seen pictures of Scarlett Johansson with no makeup, and she just looks fucking average to me. Like, there's nothing that blows me away about her. She looks very made up. Whenever I see her, she looks like they took the spackle out and went to town on that face. Yeah. That's how I always felt uh, Britney Spears. Like, Britney Spears is obviously attractive. Like, I'm not, you know, I, the, the disclaimer for me within this conversation is I'm not saying I wouldn't sleep with any of these girls. They, <laughs> yeah. would, they would be kicking me out of bed. I think we're all but, in agreement here. That, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. This does not quali- disqualify them from sitting on our, on our yeah, laps. We're yeah. just talking honest. Yeah. But, like, Britney always, to me, looked like. You know, you know what? Actually, here's a better example. Mila Kunis looks to me like if everything isn't perfectly lined up, yeah. she's not that hot. Like, yeah. She looks to me like she needs a lot of makeup. Yeah. Like she's got that sort of uneven skin tone where yeah. like it's it's darker in other yeah. places and then lighter in other places. She gets bags under her eyes. She like just looks like when people are like she's the hottest girl. I'm like, no, no, she's not, man. There's there's like a lot of and you, that's you, fine. I'm not shitting on her. I'm just saying like, right. but she's not the hottest girl. Would you would you shit on her though if she asked you to? <laughs> No, shit? no, 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 I would. Okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm I would, not above no. that, just not with her. I'm very uh, judicious yeah. with my shit. I don't yeah. just put it on you anybody. I also think Mila's somebody. If you were, if you look, you're really getting close, you're having that moment, you're staring in the eye, that you would see that one eye is a little off. I feel right? like there's like a, something just a little off on her. I totally agree because somebody Mila? else said to me, she's super, super hot. And I'm like. See. Eh, you know. There's something like, weird in I, have a, I I do this thing in my head like high school. Like if I'm in high school, how hot would these – not compared to the girls I went to high school with, but like yeah. – you know what I mean? Like we and like with you got to go – you got to start no makeup. You got to get away from like the cover of Esquire. Of course she's going to look like the most beautiful woman on the face of the planet, right? She's <clears> going <throat> to have a $50,000 dress on or whatever and she's going to get $10,000 worth of makeup. I want her to see her in jeans and a t-shirt or tank top. At my at classical high school in Providence, Rhode Island, no makeup is right. she fuckable? Yeah, I agree. Because I'm attracted to no makeup, and I'm attracted to older women that look like they've been around the block a little bit. You get yeah. me a 23 year old Helen Mirren. I, well, you know what? Time. I would, I would, there was a time I would, I would bang Helen. There she's, was a, still, she's past it. Now, there was though. a time that I would put my jewels on her. So oh, I, did yeah. a, I did a little British thing. <laughs> I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. But like it. you know, what I mean, like a, a slightly worn woman. That's kind of been around. I'm always more attracted to that. Like even on the road, if you turn, you're doing stand up, and like your girls come on you a little bit, whatever. It's not the young ones. It's like the older ones, a divorcee. I don't know. Because they know about it. What about this though, hot the, young yeah. egg? What about Jennifer Lawrence? I think she's really. pretty. I think she's very sexy. No, no, I feel like I'd be play? fucking my sister. Rachel McAdams. Feels like your little sister. Rachel McAdams. Absolutely. Naturally pretty. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Looks like she'd look great if you woke up next to her in the morning. Absolutely. Or Michelle, we're talking about older Michelle Pfeiffer. I'd, yeah, I think I'd still she, do Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, oh, dude, but I don't totally. respect David E. Kelly, so I couldn't fuck her. All right. Gina Gershon. She's a Yeah. Gina Gershon. I like a, you said... Uh, Gershon lost me. She's had too much work done or something. Her, her her lips are starting to look weird. Like, she's getting some kind of injections or something. Yeah. I mean, you said Ava Mendez. I, oh, ew, yeah. Ew, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, like her. I don't understand why she doesn't... She's been in a lot of big movies but i don't she's a good actress and she's super hot like i don't know why she hasn't blown up more i think 
I well, if Wikipedia is true, I think she might have had a drug issue that maybe she did pumped the brakes for a minute. Yeah, uh, no, I, did, right? I know this because I well, I don't know if it's drugs. You were a dealer. No, yeah. I was on. I did. I was on Conan, and she was the she was the main guest, and I was doing a segment with Conan where we were going to make tequila drinks, and then they had this idea. Well, let's get Ava involved in the segment. And they told me that she was going to do it. And then when I showed up that day, they're like, oh, we fucked up. She can't do it. And well, why? She's in, uh, you know, recovery. Oh, okay. Wow. So, okay. Well, that probably wouldn't be a good segment. Way to go. For her to do. Um, <laughs> Way to play it out. <laughs> Paul, let me ask you a question. What's yeah. it like to be confused with the actor from Strictly oh, Ballroom? I fucking come across really? this yeah. table right now. <laughs> You know what's going to end up on Ventura Boulevard? When you, I, you fuck. I don't I, need this. I drove in the rain for this. You Google your name and that guy comes I know. Up. Okay, so my name's Paul Mercurio, M-E-R-C-U-R-I-O. Uh, I leave my previous career to do this, and my mother's like, oh, I think that's a mistake, this and that, like all parents do, you know, go into comedy or entertainment. She goes, you're not going to change your name. I'm like, no, nah, I like my name. I'm proud. It's kind of unique. It's my name. I wouldn't... So I get my first, like, little guest starring thing on a sitcom, and... My manager calls and says, we have a name issue. I go, what do you mean? You, go, you, you got the same name as somebody that we checked the union, and you can't have the same name. So this is guy, Paul Mercurio. I'm like, you're shitting me. Yeah. Right? Because right. it's, it's a kind of a common name in the northeast of, uh, of the country. But other than that, like, so there's a guy, Paul Mercurio, from Australia, who was the choreographer. He's a dancer choreographer whose first big gig was he's a <laughs> choreographer on Strictly Ballroom, yeah. that, that famous <clears throat> indie movie. Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Right, yeah. And... And apparently, the guy, the lead actor, wasn't a dancer, really couldn't get the steps down. And they were like, well, why don't we just use the choreographer, Paul Mercurio, to do it? And he's a decent enough actor. So they put him in front of the camera, and he became a star from it. Yeah. And he got in the union before I did. So now when you Google my name, right? Now, he's a dancer, right? So he had these shots at one point on his website, like super tight black jeans you can see his package and like a white tank top he's got like a bottle of water and he's like <laughs> squirting himself and people right. would google him and go like i didn't know you were doing gay porn what the fuck's going yeah. on right right i mean it's this dude so i tried so i had to change my name so i tried three names for a while paul michael mccurio my middle name and that got that got just fucked up and it Hosts couldn't like say it right in a club. They'd be Michael McCurry. Like God forbid you could get three names right. So I just right. changed. I dropped the first R in my name and I kept my name Mercurio. Okay. Now he has like he like soared for a while. He was in like a movie with Exit to Eden with uh, with um, Dan Rose- Aykroyd, Rosie O'Donnell, Rosie O'Donnell yeah. walking around at a Teddy. Oh yeah, I know that movie. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, uh, like the person that wrote that movie is not who you would expect to have written that movie. Like somebody much. Who wrote it? Oh, like like John Cassavetes or something. Like somebody that's a much grittier type of filmmaker wrote that movie. Really? And it's, it's tell you right now. I it's it was like a Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall directed it. Gary Marshall directed, directed it. He's known for his grit. Yeah. Gary Marshall. I mean, well, that's that's my point. Gary Marshall directed it, but the writer. Well, he did. It was like it was like that guy wrote that yeah, movie. Did, like, I, didn't Gary Marshall do Mean Streets? <laughs> he did. He did. See who wrote it? He did Apocalypse Now. Anne Rice wrote the novel. Who were, and Anne Rice, you know, uh, uh, interview with the vampire and all that, and then yeah. maybe that's what I thought it was Anne Rice. That's why it was weird. Ah, oh, forget it. And so, so I so just really fucking took this whole conversation. <laughs> no, you're right. No, you're oh, about- no, you're right. Because Bob Bruner, he was crazy. He wrote uh, Happy Days, <laughs> Webster. 
The Bad News Bears TV series? That motherfucker was... You're way off. That, I don't know. That motherfucker was a regular. He's written a he's novel. Gritty. Yeah, that guy. So yeah. basically, yeah. So this guy... Uh, so now... But then, I think Exit and then he did TNT, Joseph, and he did a few other things. Now he's hosting a reality beer-making show in Australia. So I, I think... I don't know if I, I can say I'm on the way up, but I think I've at least... I'm what are you trying up. to say? I'm hosting a podcast about drinking. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going no, with no, this. No, 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 keep no. going. No, I didn't, I didn't mean it as a slight... Like, compared to where he was... Uh-huh. He, yeah. this is, wow, this is not how to be a guest on a show. Okay. Are you actually working back there? You're very behind that screen and there's like nothing going on. All right. On. Oh, that's oh, it. That's it. I gotta go. <laughs> no, uh, um, so, yeah. So now I, so now, and, and then sometimes I go into a club and they'll like have his picture next to my name. Speaking of the it's pinnacle. Amazing. I'm going to fucking Australia. Speaking of the pinnacle of your career. Yeah. No, uh, let's go back uh, 20 years ago. So you wrote for The Daily Show. You were one of the original writers yeah, for The Daily Show. Yeah, I wrote for a bunch of years on And you that. were yeah. on there for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah was, and uh, I want to talk about it. First of all, we have a, we have a mutual... Did, was Larry Wilmore doing stuff when you were there? No. no he's he's there now occasionally, but yeah. he... Uh, uh, he Came on board maybe, I don't know, four or five Literally. years ago? Yeah. We'll talk about the difference between the Kilbourne error and the John Stewart error. Because yeah. I think a lot of people debate which one's better. Um, well, Kilbourne <laughs> uh, Kil, uh, Kil, uh, was in front of the camera and great at that. He yeah. didn't have any, any real editorial say in the show. That was Liz Winstead and Madeline Smithwick who created yeah. the show along with Doug Herzog who was the president of the network at the time. So Kilborn was real good at like you put anything in front of Kilborn and he'd fucking read it. He didn't care. Like he, you would say, you think he'll do this? Like, yeah, and he'd say, I don't give a shit. He would do it, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, he liked himself and he had this whole like vibe of like you know he's the best thing since sliced bread and his shit doesn't smell. Well, all from that what stuff. I mean, was it, from what I had heard, he, he and Liz Winstead especially clashed because she saw the show as sort of an, a news. Driven issue, driven show, yeah, and right. he saw the show as the Craig Kilborn show. Well, yeah, pretty much. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, uh, you know, he's a kind of a guy's guy, yeah. and she's a feminist, feminist, right? So it's like oil and water automatically. Nothing against either of them. That's just it's black and you know what I mean. It's just putting those two things together. Sure. It's like mm-hmm. it, it's going to be. You're, there's going to be this like thing, right? Right. So he. He he never had final editorial say. I mean, as time went on, he had more say, and he did like a editorial called "A Moment for Us," which was in the middle of the show, and that was totally his moment. And he wrote it, and we'd co-write it with one of us. We'd rotate the writers through his office, and we'd write it with him. But like, look, he came out of sports broadcasting, and he got a sweet job. He was hosting like a kind of seminal show. We didn't know it at the time on a on a cool network that was fledgling, but it was up and coming, and yes, it was right. like edgy and like whatever, and. um she needed him. He needed her. That's the bottom line. Like right. you needed that guy to like connect through the lens, like he did, and uh, and she like had the edge, and so did Madeline Smithberg. Madeline Smithberg ran all the field pieces side, and then we'd write stuff and we would try stuff and we'd get in trouble. It was awesome. Like like Monica Lewinsky was rehabilitating her career. So she was doing this Vanity Fair spread where she was like a country girl and all smiles on a blanket. And we got so incensed that like our culture was allowing like somebody like that to fucking rehabilitate. Their- so we're like, you know, this isn't the only thing she's doing. She's got an endorsement from products now, including the milk industry. And we got a <laughs> shot and then we had to put got milk and then we had to put a cum shot on her face. <laughs> like just dripping with cum, right? And you know you have a great job when your job is to stand over the graphics person and go, no, 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 at least it needs to look more like cum. It doesn't look like cum enough. Like you know you have a great job. So at four o'clock in the afternoon, you're supposed to send the script over to the network, stands and practices, all that other stuff for review. 
we held the picture back because we knew if we put the picture in, it's so weird because I was just I just interviewed Doug Herzog from my podcast yesterday, and we were talking about this, and he was because he was in charge, right? And we held it back, and we sent it over, and they approved it, and it went on, and it aired, and he said. Doug Herzog, he goes, at 11.15 at night, I, I sit bolt, bolt upright in my bed going, who the fuck authorized that? <laughs> and he calls Comedy Central and he pulled the show. They re-air that show three times a day. Like they airs originally at 11. They re-air it at least two more times the following day. They pulled the show. It never re-aired because of that uh, thing. Another time, Brian Unger, who was one of the original correspondents. In- and can I just say... Yeah. In my opinion, the best correspondent that ever existed yeah. on that show. Yeah. The funniest, yeah. absolute funniest, just dry. And, he, and literally, he, sounded like a newsman that had no right. fucking idea what was going on. If you don't on. know who Brian so Unger is, now he's doing yeah. the quick, quick, uh, quick and loan ad. He's that guy, the quick and loan guy. He's that. Yeah. That's Brian Unger. And he was, he's on there, right? He on was TV. on. Uh, he was on. It's always sunny. Oh, Which I know you're okay. you're friendly yeah. with those guys. Yeah, he he plays the lawyer that they always the, the oh, lawyer that okay. always comes back Real where he's like, right. I have nothing to do with your wife's will. Your wife wrote the will. Like he's that guy. Yeah, so, wait, he's not Brian's not the guy with the little hands. That guy. No, right. no, no. It's no. not History Channel too. How the states were informed. Yeah, yeah. He's but, the lawyer that they always go to. Like that's that, that he's a recurring character that hates yeah. them and wants them out of his life right. forever. Oh yeah, no, and, no. And, no, and I know Brian yeah. came out, and what we started to they started to do early on, and they were smart was. See, what happened was the um, Comedy Central uh, was half owned by HBO and half owned by MTV, and they had Politically Incorrect, but it wasn't owned by Comedy Central. It was owned by HBO, and Politically Incorrect got wooed away by ABC, ABC. and Comedy Central vowed, we're never going to do that again. We're never going to have shows on our network that we don't own, because that's bullshit, right? So, and this this is... Right from Doug, again, uh, you, you, uh, so he, he's like, we need a day-and-date show, a topical show, he goes, and so he had this idea, he found Liz and Madeline, and Doug had the brains to not put a limit order on the show. Normally, when you buy a show, a network says, well, try for 13, see what happens, try for 6 or 8, right. and he knew it was something new, and it needed to find itself, and we were like kids in a fucking candy store, because we were just, we go into Liz's office and go, I want to do a thing where we throw a midget off a roof and whatever, yeah, all right, go yeah. ahead, what do you need, you need two midgets and a thing? Like you, and it was it was great. I don't know if it could even get, exist today because the stakes are so high at networks. Like nobody wants to take risks. Like, but oh, there yeah. was there well, was like nobody knew the network. It was small. It, like you could really try. It stuff, could exist. Yeah, yeah. It could it, it could exist today, but it would have to exist at like Fuse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or some digitally, other, or on web. I think online, the, I, yeah. I think the, I think digital now is to cable what cable was to broadcast. It's funny you bring this all up because I just saw Paul Provenza down in uh, Mexico at a festival that we were at, and we talked about his show, Comics Only, mm. uh, that he had in the very early stages of Comedy Central. Yeah. And it was we talked about Comics Only, we talked about Short Attention Span Theater with Mark Marin, and we talked about Up All Night with Alan Havey. Mm. And I was such a fan, and he was so thrilled. He was like, I, I've just, my God, I've never met somebody that remembers the show. Because the, I was like naming bits they were doing yeah. and stuff. I really remembered the show, and I loved it. And I said, correct me if I'm wrong, I always imagined that working at Comedy Central in that era was like working for your college radio station. And he goes, dude, that's exactly what it was like. We were all doing shit on each other's shows. He goes, it was a fucking goof, man. It was like, you know, nobody knew where any of it was going or whatever. And that's what you're saying now, and it's like... Yeah, The Daily Show was after that, but it's exactly what it was. It was like... Yeah. And and that's a credit. You know, a lot of times it's easy to like... It's cool to like shit on network executives. Like, they don't know anything, whatever. It's like... You know, 
fucking Doug Herzog and those people like oh, sure. Daily Show, Colbert, South Park. Like these are like he's like Doug Herzog's a Jewish kid from New Jersey who came up through the ranks of MTV on the music side and then started doing pro. Got to give these guys credit, like you know. And I'm telling you, like we're writing shit. We're trying to push the envelope as much as we can because, like, well, why else am I going to do comedy if right. I'm not right? Yeah. So Brian comes out of news as a producer, and he is the one. And I'm so glad you said that, Joe, because he and Liz and Madeline and and a Whitney Brown, who was on SNL, yeah. and such a passive aggressive guy. That guy was a mind fuck. I'll tell you that in a second. But <laughs> they really created that parody of the. That was a parody of the CBS. 60 Minutes news magazine piece. And by the way, the moment for Zen was created by uh, a guy named uh, uh, Kent Jones and another writer. CBS Sunday Morning with Charles Kuralt would have at the end, and now the swallows of Capistrano. And they just have a lock-off shot on a beach for like two fucking minutes of birds. <laughs> right. and, they, and that's where the moment of Zen came from. So everything was getting sort of picked out of the world of news, right? So Brian comes in with A. Whitney and really created that parody. And Brian was awesome. One time he did a piece. He goes, uh, uh, he wanted to do a piece. And everything we do is to mock what the news does, right? Sure. So we were going to mock this bullshit undercover like stuff that they do. Always around sweeps weeks with prostitutes, right? Yeah. So he goes to Times Square around Christmas with, an un- with a camera, a hidden camera in a bag. And he goes, uh, and he goes over to a Santa, a... Um, uh, what are those Santa? You know, with the red the yeah, thing, yeah. The yeah. Salvation yeah. Army Santa. And he goes, uh, "We're going to see if this Santa is truly a Santa or not." I don't think he is, right? And he, he's got the camera on the guy, and he starts antagonizing the guy and busting the guy's balls to the point where the fucking Santa takes a swing with him, a swing at him on camera. It was awesome, right? Another time, this was a re. This was the uh, kind of the. The gentrification of Times Square, right? They cleaned up Times Square. Giuliani, when Giuliani came in. Right. And the Disney store just opened. And so Brian goes into the Disney store and he he gets a bunch of stuff from the Disney store. All like Disney stuff, like Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse. And he goes, they say uh, Times Square has changed, but I don't think it has. Just look at some of the products I was able to buy here at the Disney store. And he pulls out like the bag, out of the bag, starts just pulling out like Minnie Mouse and goes, Dildo. <laughs> dildo. Dildo. He literally said dildo 16 or 17 times. How did you not get... <laughs> no, here's what no. happens, right? So Doug screens the piece, right? This, and he goes... He calls up, put him on speaker. And now, like, we, it's like your dad getting mad at you and you know what's going to happen. So they would call us and he go, this is going to be good. Doug's pissed off. Hold on, Doug. And, he, and everybody, sh- be quiet. And be like... Uh, you can't say dildo 16 <laughs> times in a piece. Yeah. And we're like, where's that written? He goes, I'm saying you can't. And it was a negotiation as to how many times they were going to allow dildo to dildo. be said in the piece. And it got edited down to three. And it was a negotiation between Comedy Central and this show. It was crazy. I, I used to write for Talk Soup. Yeah. Back in the And when uh, Aisha Tyler was the host at the time. So uh-huh. we did a sketch. And you, you reminded me when you talk about Disney. Disney owned E at the time. Yeah. There was a new Tickle Me Elmo doll came out and it vibrated. You know? So when you would, you know, Elmo, Elmo right. is this? And so we, I was one of the guys wrote this sketch where we did it. There's been some problems with it. I don't remember exactly how we set it up, but it basically was a toy store. Yeah. And you pan down the aisle and there's a doll that looks a lot like Raggedy Ann. Because it was, but we took shit off. So, we, you know, and Elmo is under the skirt. Yeah. And it's shaking. Yeah, right. And it's saying, Elmo's afraid. Elmo is with me. And she just shut up, bitch. Keep going. Or something like that. Right. And it aired. And wow. the shit hit the fan, right? Because 
did Mattel, I guess, owned Raggedy, and it went to Disney, and they were going to pull all their ads from any property yeah. that Disney owns, yeah. and it was horrible. Like they came down, and it was the beginning of the end of Talk Soup as it existed because. Uh, they moved our, I mean, literally changed our time slot, put us on Friday nights at like one in the morning. Just everything you could do other than cancel the show. Wow. Um, but they put these two lawyers on us. Okay. Yeah. So now every day the lawyers come down into the writer's room with the script every oh, day. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so yeah. we had to get really creative with euphemisms and such. So it was one of the funnier things of my career is sitting in this room and the lawyers, would, and they had, they were humorless yeah. individuals and yeah. they would sit there. And they would say, um, okay, uh, we're just flagging some stuff here. What is this pink sock? <laughs> well, we don't, what is that? We're like, yeah, like pink sock, like when, you know, your laundry and you wash the colors and the whites, the sock's pink. <laughs> well, we don't get it. What does it mean? You know, meanwhile, we're talking about a guy's asshole falling out when he gets it. We're like, uh, you know, we just go, what do you mean? Like the laundry, the guy did the laundry, he mixed the laundry, it's funny. And they go, okay. Dirty Sanchez. Is this racist? We can't be having... No, Dirty Sanchez. He's a character from the cartoon. Remember Dirty Sanchez? They're like... Uh, that's great. Uh, free. Okay, yeah. That's Donkey great. Punch. So funny. Felching. What's felching? You know, that's like, so they didn't know funny. anything. Yeah, so we... But it's fun. The stuff you could right. back, could get away the with on thing, basic cable. The other thing yeah. you probably did, which we would do is... And you still do it to this day, is like... You put something that you know is going to get killed to protect the thing you really want to get in, yeah, right? right? So you put in, like, the craziest fucking thing you can put in so that the thing that's, like, you know, 80% of the way there gets there, you yeah. know? And uh, so then as the stakes rose, and, you know, the meaning the network was getting bigger and the show was getting more attention, then the more eyeballs were on it. But, but then John came in, and John, you know, he's got editorial license and has a history with Doug and stuff. So the show always got left alone. Early on, because it was just a little show on a little network and who gave a shit. And then later, because John came in and he's kind of like the 800-pound gorilla and no one wants going to fuck with him and they're paying him the money and whatever. And what John did was we would do like <laughs> we used to do before John came, we would we would cover the gamut. Like like talk like you guys would do a talk soup. Like you'd maybe talk, maybe you'd do a, something about some politician and then you'd do a lot yeah. of pop culture or music because we, we're all music fans on the show. And John wanted to narrow it to politics and the media's coverage of politics, which was a good call, you know. I mean, but again, it's, you know, you like uh, you like grape soda, I like orange soda, right? Like, I, I don't know what's better. It's like some people liked it when we were a little broader, right? Yeah. Well, we would do this one thing, like if a celebrity died, we would go, uh, we would do a tribute to uh, the scene in Animal House. So we would have, we would tell the studio audience uh, ahead of time to play along. And so Kilborn would go, Dean Wormer, dead! That thing, right? Yeah. Like whatever the three, I can't remember the three were from the oh, thing, but, yeah. right? The, the, the dead. Dead. So, so-and-so dead. Howard Hughes, dead. So whoever the person was, the third one dead. And we'd have the audience chant, dead, 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 every time. <laughs> and then we'd do this story about a dead celebrity, right? Yeah. Like we just, it just, we were just doing everything. It just didn't, it, we, we were just, anything that sort of we thought was cool and edgy or fun or whatever. And then John kind of took it more like and narrowed it down and like kind of and made killed it. the show as we all as we all know now. <laughs> he ruined he ruined, ruined the show. Plus, he's got a huge coke problem. When uh, he came <laughs> in, though, when he came in, because and I know this because I was in I used to live in Aspen and I went back to Aspen to uh, maybe I was still living there. I'm not sure, but I went back for the Comedy Arts Fest. Remember the U.S. Comedy yeah, yeah, Arts yeah, yeah. Fest? And this particular year, I, I managed to to make a couple extra bucks. I, I pitched USA Today on this comedy fest, and I said, right, I'm going to. Go do it. And they said, okay, one of the things we want you to do is a feature on up-and-coming 
comedians. Mm. You know, pick five. I said, all right. So I, one of them was John Stewart, who had mm. just taken over The Daily Show. One was a guy you might have heard of called Will Ferrell, who, oh, was, who was on. Uh, he just got on SNL. He just got who on is SNL. This? Who uh, is he? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, who else? Sherry O'Terry, who was also on SNL. All right. I forget who the other one was. And French Stewart. Okay, so I end up hanging out with John Stewart quite a lot. Super cool dude. We're there, we're having beer, we're hanging out, we're like you know partying in Aspen. And then it was going to be a big like feature on all of them, but the editor said, "No, you know, we space, we got to cut." You know, so what we want to do is one main feature on one of them and French we'll do, Stewart of and course. then we'll do a sidebar and no and I chose the wrong Stewart I was like well French Stewart you know he's on Third Rock from the Sun oh you did choose French yes, Stewart yes oh, my God. I did a feature my, yes I, the, there's a feature with a big picture of French Stewart and there, and, and the also rans Will, Will Ferrell I John. knew when Susie said French Stewart I knew it this was going to go somewhere I with French Stewart, the Stewart. Uh, that's the that's he did the old Hitchcock on it yes who yes. done it I had one more Daily Show question yeah so what because now the show is, I think, what I would assume Liz Winstead always wanted it to be, which was news and issues driven, as you said. Yeah. And from what I know of Liz in her comedy, that's yeah. the show now seems more like what it is. But she is not involved with the show anymore, right? No, she and uh, this this gets back to that whole you know yeah male guy guys guy Craig and her they got they the, it hit the shit hit the fan when he did um, he did an interview I think it was with Esquire. Okay, and he and I think that the author kind of kind of was goading him a little bit, right? And said, you know, to Craig something to the effect like, "Well, so you work for two women, and you like you're like a guy, guy, whatever. Like, what's that like?" And he goes, "Ah, you know." And Craig made some off the cuff remark like, "Ah, you know, yeah, that's fine, you know, but they're into me. Chicks are always into me, and like Liz, she's into me. If I if I let her, she would blow me. And you can print that. And he printed it. And he printed him the thing saying, "You can print that." Jesus. And yeah, and it was like, and so that came out, and that, and you know, Liz was upset, and you know, the network suspended him for like a week. A week, yeah, it was a week, right? I think the feeling was by some people it wasn't enough. And you look at the end of the day, when it's talent versus somebody behind the camera, and it's a successful show, the talent's always going to win out because people aren't tuning in for the person who's got the EP, exactly. even though they should, because it really was her brain trust. It's like the tuning in for the guy's face right. and the thing. And so she, I think, felt like at that point, and I don't want to speak for her, but like I think she felt like, well, I, it's a weird situation. I'll speak, I can't I'll speak for her. She was like, fuck Greg right. Gilborn, I'm out of here. Right. So then. But she's still cashing checks, right? I think, they, I think it was a buyout. I'm oh, not exactly okay. sure. Well, so I think, she got, uh, I think she got 600 South Park t-shirts <laughs> and, and Ab Fab uh, hats. And, uh, and, yeah. and so then like – and. So the irony of the whole thing was just a few months after she walked away, here's the weird thing. Tom Snyder had that slot after Letterman. Yeah. They start doing a deal with Jon Stewart, and Jon Stewart's going to maybe take over that slot. Now, the word is, and I don't know if this is true, that they wanted Stewart to do the same kind of show that Snyder had. Anyway, Jon's, or just people, whatever, like, "Ah, we don't want to do that kind of show. So he walks away uh, from uh, that whole scene of the CBS potential because he was potentially going to do a CBS thing to take over. They Tom didn't want to do what kind of show? I think they wanted Tom Snyder. They wanted them to John to continue more to do of a, a variety one-on- type. No, interview. no, a one-on-one, no studio audience kind of straight. Just and John of, said, "No, I want to do, do a late, like a late night show. Not traditional yeah. late night show." So, he, so now that slot's open. So now CBS starts looking. That slot's produced by David Letterman's production company, Worldwide Pants, which is run by Rob Burnett, and Rob Burnett 
plays basketball at the Reebok Club on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, where Craig Kilborn plays basketball, and they get into pickup games and start talking, and they start courting Kilborn, and Kilborn goes a few months after the Gliz goes, I'm going to CBS. So if Liz could have held out a few months, she right? Really so now, ah. so now we're looking for a host. And they're bringing people in. They're bringing in Michael McKeon, who was great, by the way. But the fucking dude, like, oh, his, he was too old demographic, but he was great. They brought in uh, David Allen Greer. They were, they brought in, um, uh, who's the guy that does dirty jobs? Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe, yeah. Who was really good. He was dry. He, he came out of um, QVC. Okay. But those kind of guys are good for that kind of show because you got to be quick and right. extemporaneous and stuff. And then they started talking to Jon Stewart. And they got John Stewart. So they, the irony was, Craig ends up in the chair that John theoretically might have had, and then John ends up. And what's where Craig, Craig was. doing now? Is he? He's uh, he's working at a car wash in okay. uh, Silver Lake. <laughs> no, I think he was at CBS, and then he couldn't. He wanted more money, and it didn't work didn't out, work and out. he walked away. And I don't know what he's, he's doing. He's got a new. Sh- he's developing some new show. I read it online. Oh I, yeah. I recently went because I was. I have such 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 a high. Respect and regard for John Stewart. I, I mean, I'd be hard pressed to think of another comic uh, that's you know a current contemporary comic that I have an equal admiration for. I mean, the guy's had a really tremendous career, and he's really great, and he's really funny. It's mostly me. But with that being said, I did it all. Yeah. With that being said, I like the Kilbourne Daily Show better because I'm just not a political right. news See, humor I am. kind I, of guy. I, I'm more the the, the John Stewart like one is much more appealing yeah. to me. Uh, you know, and that's so. but that's okay. You know what I mean? Like you get ten people in a room, and that's what you're gonna you're gonna get some people that like one, some people. I do think you know <clears throat> there there you know there's times when you know the show. Uh, it, I, I you know I don't know. I just think he feels like there's so much in that world. That's where the focus should be. You know. So that's what. They well, do. they were clearly right. I mean, the show won a Peabody yeah. after after <laughs> they yeah. switched. Uh, yeah, I don't think we we're going to get in a Peabody doing Niedermeyer dead. <laughs> dead. Or dead. But just like yeah, I, I really liked like as a com like the comic in me really uh, was attracted to the Kilborn approach of, the, of things because it's it just speaks to the comic in you. Yeah. Here's a guy. Like sitting next to Kathy Ireland, and everybody on every other talk show is sucking up to her like she's the second coming of like Robert De Niro or something. Right. And then he's the one that goes, names, names, say three words that describe you as a person. And she goes, um, um, um. And he goes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's like, was like fucking insane to yeah. me that a guy would do that. Yeah. So, and there was, some, you know? there was a reason for that, you know, too, I think, because he wasn't inside Hollywood yet. Yeah, and sometimes you get inside Hollywood, you don't want to start making fun of people because either they're your friends, or you might need, you might. It's a small world, and you might run into them later on a deal or a movie or whatever. Sure. He had no horse in the race. He's like a guy working in Bristol, Connecticut, doing Sports Center. He's like, I'm f- I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Say whatever you well, put like, it. Yeah, like Ricky Gervais. A, Mother Teresa's a whore. I'll say it. I don't care. Oh my God, she is really. Was. She is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, I want to play a game. Around. Speaking of winning Peabodys, I think yeah, we can do is it. Is there liquor I'm, involved? This is for reals or bullshit. Nice. See, we even got a thing for you. <laughs> okay, so it said the is, name of the game in the yeah, thing. Yeah. So here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to throw out. I'm going to throw out a piece of information. Yeah, Paul, you're going to play, Paul. Okay. And you're going to tell me whether this information is for reals or bullshit. All right. You're playing for a bottle of monkey rum. Zane, my co-host, his rum, monkey nice. coconut rum. Nice. But if you lose, you have to do a shot of Ivana Bitch tobacco-flavored <laughs> ah, vodka. Come on. Yeah. 
Wait, let me get you. Let me before we start. Let me get you a little whiff of this, so you know. Yeah, I'd like to smell that. No, you don't want to. But here we go. All right, let me yeah. pour that out there. Actually, you know what? Don't let. Wait, 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 wait. I got a better idea. Yeah. Don't let. <laughs> not better. Sorry. I'm not trying to upstage you in your own no, studio. No, no, no. You, hey, that's why we have you. Here. Don't let Paul smell it. Let us smell it and show our reactions to it, so he knows what he's in he's for, but he doesn't know what he's in for. That. You know what I mean? Oh. All right, John Jesus. just took a whiff. Because Joe, what do you think? Right. <laughs> you trust me, that's yeah. worse. It's worse. Just put it right scarier. there so we right, can okay, see it. I won't so smell we can it. see it. Oh, so now, Paul, you got five here. Right. You got to get a majority right. You win the rum. Right. Majority wrong. And all of these questions, all of these statements are related to you all in right. some way. That yeah. fucking reeks, man. That don't really even don't even tell me. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. This yes. is like the NFL. All right, here we go. Right, game right. Isn't it? Yeah. Right. Don't help him here. Don't help him. The frozen Paul, tundra of Lambo Paul Mercurio. Field. Paul Mercurio. <laughs> here we go. You're playing for reals or bullshit. If you cheat, I will stab you no, at the end of I this would never cheat bottle you. opener. Go. The Daily Show theme song is a They Might Be Giants cover of Bob Mould's Dog on Fire, which was originally written for Bob Mould's eponymous third solo album. Because of its cover art, that album is often referred to as Snow Tire. For reals or bullshit? Snow Tire. People the cover art for Bob Mould? Bob, Bob Mould's third album, is, solo album, is called Bob Mould. Right. But fans call it Snow Tire because of the cover art. Is that for reals or bullshit? For reals. Are you sure? That's my final answer. For reals. For reals. It's incorrect. Oh, Jesus. It's really? called Hubcap. It's got a picture of a Hubcap. Hubcap, so you're down one. All right. These are hard questions. So does he do the shot now? Hey, you want to go on the easy show? All right, okay. Yeah, brother, am I doing the shot now? Brother, when does he no, do no, the not shot? yet. You got, you, there's, you got to get, there's five. Oh. If you get the majority wrong, you do the shot. If you get the majority right, you win the run. Oh. Oh, I thought you to do a shot after each one. Number yeah. two. Shot they Might one. Be Giants took their name from a 1971 film starring George C. Scott and Joanna Woodward. They Might Be Giants took their name from a 1971... What's my choice for reals or bullshit? bullshit? Is that the truth or not? 1971? Yeah. The movie called They Might Be Giants. Bullshit. Are you sure? I am correct. I am definitely sure. Come on! That's for reals. No. And, and in turn, that's taken from a Don Quixote passage about how Don Quixote mistook windmills for evil giants. That movie's not from 1971. Yes. Tyler, this is harder than Jeopardy. You didn't tell me. This is ridiculously hard. All right, you're this down This is two. all Dan. I wrote you two. a different right, one. I'll not take yet. the shot not now? Yet. No, not yet. I'll do it. I'll do it after every one I get wrong. I don't care. You graduated from Georgetown Law. Yes. All of the following people are also Georgetown Law grads. <laughs> oh, you ready? Shit. Come on. Jack Abramoff. Greta Van Susteren, former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy, and women's rights advocate Sandra Fluke. All of them went to Georgetown Law for reals or bullshit. Do you have a life? How long did you hmm. spend thinking I of this spent question? I spent a lot of time. Spent a lot of time. So, give me the, the Greta, Sandra Fluke. Uh, off the lobbyist, Greta Van Susteren, McGreevy, the former governor of New Jersey, and Sandra Fluke. They are all Georgetown. Uh, that is... Uh, that is false. That is incorrect. They are not all Georgetown Law friends. Don't, don't are you sure? I am sure. You're sure? Are you sure you don't want to no, rethink that? No, 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 they are. They are not. They are. They are all Georgetown Law grads. 
Yeah! All right, you no, got it right. Talking. All right, you got one right I here. I figured by All odds right. uh, that had to be a yes. I know Greta was, yeah, and no. I knew the fluke, right. but I didn't know so the other So you got one two. right, two wrong. We're in the question you gave number me that four. One, I feel like I should do a shot here. I'll do a shot because I cheated a little bit. All right, go ahead. You ready? You're going to have to do another one if you lose. Right, this is go. funny. Wait, watch, 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 watch. How bad is it? <laughs> 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 Oh my! <laughs> How bad is it? It's like someone <laughs> fucking crushed a cigar, shoved that down my throat, and then poured <laughs> rubbing alcohol right out. Oh my god! It's it eating smells my like stomach. dip. It smells like dip when you smell it. It literally smells like a dip cup. I'm sweating. I'm fucking perspiring. I'm, sweat. I'm sweating. Looking at you. I just broke out in sweat watching you do Where that. Where did you find that shit? Ivana bitch tobacco flavor. Here we got to pour a little, little more just in case he doesn't get the rest right. Um... Now you know what you're up against, so you better get these last two right. <coughs> I need some water. Can we get him some water? <coughs> there we go. I'll just give you a little one there. All right. You recently you give had me Paul- a full one. I'm not a pussy. Paul McCartney <laughs> was on the Paul Mercurio show, which is really incredible. Oh, can I tell you that story real quick? Wait a minute. After the game. <laughs> I need, I mean, we all want to see you do another shot here, Paul. Um, Wait, why did I'm you do a shot? Because he, he just wanted it. One. And I was curious What's the matter about with you? It. More than 2,200 artists have covered Paul McCartney's Let It Be. That's more than any other song in history. Let It Be by the Beatles, but McCartney wrote it. Is that for reals or bullshit? Let It Be. 2,200? Yeah. Let It Let Be. It be? Yeah. Is that the most covered song in history? Let It Be. Are you asking me? For okay, reals or I'm saying clear. it is. I'm saying it is. Is it? That's the statement. Listen, if you're going to host a game show, you need to be clear about your question. Are you asking me, is it the most covered or is 2200 the number? No. Is Let It Be the most covered song? I would say... No, my gut would be yesterday, so I'm going to say that is false. Say that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Wow. Woo! Okay, we're coming down to the final question. Come on, Tom, don't leave me hanging. Two. We are coming down to the final question. Paul Mercurio. Yes. Now wait. Let's make let it add a wrinkle here, Joe. Yep. Do you want to bet that? Do you think he's going to get this right or wrong? Uh, what are we betting? If yeah. you if he gets it right, if you if you. If he's wrong about the prediction, he has to do a shot with you. You have to do I a don't, shot with uh, I no longer drink at the moment, so oh, I can't okay. do a shot. I apologize. Well, you you could have my brother could do it I, for I'm you. I'm cleaning up for a while, yeah. Maybe my brother but will step I'm up sorry. and do it for you. John, I'm would you, sorry. Would you I'm, it's this? a health thing. John said he would ta- he'll will, take the shot I will join him. Okay, I'll bet on your, on your uh, life. So you're going to say he's going to get it right <laughs> or he's not going to get it right? Uh, look, I always bet against right. everyone. He's not going to get it right. <laughs> so I say he's not going to get it right. No. Tyler, can we get another one of those shot glasses for John just in case? All right, so here we go. I like this game. A lot riding on this one. Excellent questions, by the one way. One of the most famous... Your stand-up. Stand-up. You guys are stand-ups. John even did some stand-up in his, his time here, in his short time nice. here on Earth so far. Yeah. One of the most famous stand-up routines of all time. Is George Carlin's seven words you can never say on television. Yep. The words are shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. For reals or bullshit. Say the words again. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. They all seem right to me, although piss seems a little... I am going to say... Joe, do you know this? Yes, I know this. I'm going to say that those are all the words. You're going to say for reals. For reals. 
And if you're correct, these two guys are doing shots of Ivana Bitch tobacco-flavored vodka. If you're incorrect, you'll be doing it. By the way, I have a bleeding ulcer right now from that shot, <laughs> just so you know. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. No, wait, wait. Say you the say words it, again. Wait, it, wait. No, before answers. I give you my final answer, say the words again. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Yeah, I think those are it. Paul? Yeah. For all the marbles, or all the, all the ashtray-flavored vodka... You're correct. That was so John, easy. John, John, John has to do the shot for Joe. John, here we go. Sorry, John. Are you ready? And I'll do one with you, buddy. Oh, he's going to do it Cheers. too. Here we go. Yeah, why not? Right, here we go. Cheers. That's disgusting. I know. And no. Oh, wow. Oh, God. That's terrible. <laughs> but you won the monkey rum, Paul. Bottle of monkey rum. And this is your partner's rum. Zane's rum. That yeah. he makes. Oh, how do I stop this? Is it just as shitty as this? There we go. Fucking Where does he make this? No, rum? the rum is fantastic. Look at Paul's small Paul solo is about cup. About to throw up. <coughs> wow. Uh, I'm such a child. Like I don't understand how a normal person could have their own rum. I'm like, what does he make it in his house? Well, you know, Corolla's <laughs> got uh, Corolla's got this fucking uh, mangria. 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 And yeah. I did his show at uh, in Caroline's in New York when yeah. he was there. They. I was talking to the bar manager. They ran out of the shit. Like, they're buying it by the cases. At, at it's show. called Mangria. It's basically... Mang- it's, a, it's a vodka and, and sangria. It's a sangria, but it, with vodka in it. Well, and because he's a man. Ma- so it's man- got to be a... It's the yes. manly thing And he's to got do. such a following on the podcast. All he's he selling is, a shitload of it, man. Yeah. Is I he on he your side splitter network, too? Or side no, show network? No, he's on me? his own network. He's on podcast one. Okay, so yeah. I'm not in, no, I'm not in breach of anything for... No, making fun of him a little bit. No, you can make fun. I know. I Adam. just. I know Adam well. Yeah, but all these dudes. I mean, yeah. Joe Rogan's got a line of like vitamin supplements. That, oh, yeah. that well, that, that's that, no, no, no. I'm not knocking that the man has his own sangria. I'm knocking that it's called man. Yeah, but he was on the man show. That's, yeah. his, that's oh, his, it's just the whole this whole thing anymore of he's like playing that's to his real he's playing men to his don't audience. do this. Yeah. it's like you know, like this is yeah, I, this is called mayonnaise. <laughs> Because men don't eat mayonnaise, they, and you're like, you're still eating fucking mayonnaise. Yeah, you're still drinking sangria, you fucking queef. <laughs> I don't know who the queef was in that. If Do it was Corolla any... or the guy drinking it, I launched the mangria on my series show. Remember that time we had we had Adam on the very first time. We invented a drink that is their signature drink called the Better Man. I called it the Bitter Man because after did... Adam. How did Mangria come? Uh, well, they told he, me that it, he was like he was home. He was one in night. home, and he had he had some little bit of wine left, but he didn't have enough left to get his buzz going, and he had some vodka, so he just mixed them together, threw some ice in there, and and threw bang. some ice in there, and drank it, and then he was doing like I mean, uh, this is this is he was making out, coin though. He was out yeah. during the day. He was doing he did like five shows over the weekend. Uh, this was a, I don't know back early summer at Caroline's, but during the day he was going to Jersey to like the oh he's awesome to, to the to the distributors and stuff and oh, like. Yeah. You know, and literally, like, there were, you know, in the back part where you walk behind to go through the bar, the back right. bar to get to Caroline's, the right. stage, the back way, stacks of these fucking, and they're oh, all yeah. empty. He said, and, they, and on a, a Thursday night or Friday, they were there through Saturday or Sunday. They ran out. They said they I think he said he's, they've sold over 120,000 cases this year 
of the of the main. The bottle is, goes for like tw- in the twenties, right? It's twenty uh, something. I think it's like, yeah, like eighteen, nineteen bucks. So do that's great. Maybe he goes, do he that goes, math, well, Mister. Yeah, fucking yeah, that's, like, I mean, it's amazing Joe, to me. Joe DeRosa. It's meatballs. amazing to get to me that a guy with the most downloaded podcast on the internet and of massively successful liquor line still has to go on Kickstarter and try to ride <laughs> oh, the backs of young comedians to fund his projects. <laughs> that's really incredible. This guy's hitting it from you all angles. Well, you don't like Adam. No? Uh, I don't care for the fact I've never met Adam. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, his people were very, as I, as I think, I think, I might be over-speaking here, but I believe his people were were open to potentially having me on his podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I've never had a bad interaction with the guy. But I do have a problem with guys at that level in this business trying to ride the backs of young comics on Kickstarter. Kickstarter is for people that are absolutely... F- I have a problem with Kickstarter, period. I think if we're going to go out there... <laughs> By the way, not only get him now, Zane, you know, my Zane, my yeah. co-host, did a Kickstarter for a show. I didn't he, know he, that. He just shot six episodes. That's fine. Yes, yes. For the but, National but Geographic show? No, that's a different show. Uh, uh, he, he, but here's the thing. Well, he went around town... I got a buzz pitched, from that stuff, He went around town and pitched the show. <laughs> right. It wasn't like he wasn't trying to do it. And my understanding with Corolla is he did the same thing. Nobody would buy it. But here's my point. Yeah. Here's my point. Let me just say the thing about yeah. Kickstarter. I am a independent filmmaking person too sure uh i've done independent stuff where we've had to fund it ourselves and it fucking sucks and even as somebody that does that stuff that says man i'd really like some money i would still hesitate i'm not saying i wouldn't ever use a kickstarter but i'd be very hesitant about using it because i feel like if we're going to try to raise money for things my little movie idea isn't that important you know, there are people that are starving to death. Maybe, sure, maybe we but, should. You know, but that's like saying that's, that's like my, say, that's like saying then don't make movie. Then you could turn around and go, well, why are we making Iron Man three when we could feed India? Well, if if you trust try, me, if you, if I, you, you know. go out and you try to sell an idea, okay, sure. and you have a fan sure, base, sure, you have a fan, you believe you have a loyal fan base. This, they don't want it. Studios don't want it. Nobody sure. wants to buy it. Yes. You go to your fans and say, hey, do you want me to do something? Then help me out here pitching some money. And they uh, right. do. I don't know that there's anything wrong with it. Right. That. I'm yeah. not say- All I'm saying is I'm not knocking Kickstarter in the sense of like if you use it, you're wrong. I don't yeah. mean it like that. I'm just saying even as somebody who's in the prime position to use Kickstarter like myself, sure. I would still be a little hesitant about using it. I'm yeah. just saying, look, I'm on the team of the guy that needs to use it. Yet, even then, I'm still like, eh, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe not. That's that's my point. My problem with Kickstarter uh, or with people, certain people that use it is when somebody of a distinct stature in this business, i.e. your Girl. pal, <laughs> goes on there and does this campaign telling young comedians to give their money to this project – and oh, if you donate X dollar amount, you you'll get a part in the movie. That's like the ultimate version of a bringer show to me. Sure, it's 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 abuse of the young artist. It's like you, an artist shouldn't do that to another artist. I, I don't think it's ethically right. I don't think it's right. And I think somebody in his position should shouldn't do that. Like he he knows what it was like to struggle, and he knows what it was like to get hustled by people that were in a better position coming up the ladder. And I don't think it's – I just don't think that's a very ethical thing to do. Like I, I feel strongly about that. Sure. I mean he might be a great dude. I don't know. But uh, – We're going to get a call right now? Oh, it's Adam Kroll on the line. Hold on a second. He's <laughs> there. He's, Adam, do you want to say something to Joe? Ow. Hey, ow. Oh. 
Is that it? Am I off the show? No, forever? man. You're. Hey, hey. I. I'm not Adam Carolla's publicist. Or I got to tell like you, this. My... I mean, I like. I like Adam. Whatever. I. I know this. I know there's not a dollar that he will let go by. Like you know, Adam doesn't do, does his show and it's packed. And then afterwards, he's you know he signs his bottles. And if you want a picture, that's an extra. That's cup. that's what he. That's who he is. Wait, the picture. No, I don't. Think I, wait, hold on a second. Did I, you say on. if you want a picture, you have to pay? Do extra. We... Yeah. What the fuck? You have to pay money to take a picture with him. If you want to take, if you want to buy, you buy the bot. I believe that's how he does it, right, Dom? You, I, I don't know. You buy the bottle, and then if you, Dom's like, I'm out of this. I think here's the thing, man. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You, I think you came in some way. I think Adam comes from a background where he grew up with shit. He had no money, and, and it's like no matter how famous he gets, no matter, he's always thinking, you know what? Every dollar counts. I think that's his attitude. Sure, yeah. but then, but to me, then, and by the way, we cannot. The yeah, yeah. second you say, let's not talk about this anymore. Oh, no, no, I like I don't want to create. Yeah. Uh, and, no, and by the way, no offense to your co host, because I, the version of what you just said that he did is not what I was talking about with Kickstarter. You sure. realize that, right? Yeah. I don't want him to hear this and be like, who the he, fuck's this guy? He already hates you now. Okay, yeah, good. He, he, uh, <laughs> but that's not, you realize that's not what I was saying. Yeah. Like, I was just trying to make a point. Well, I think but with your. Look, think if the you, issue I mean, you're... look, the reality is that we're in a business where, you know, people are trying to make money any way they can and as long as it's there's like no one's being deceived you know yeah. what i mean it's not yeah, nobody's like, saying not, there's hey. not a bait there's not a bait and switch yeah people are adults and people uh, you know can kind of figure out like do they do they want to spend the money to go see joe de rosa do they want to spend the money to see paul mercurio do they want to buy paul mercurio's cd after the show or not, or T-shirt, or whatever. By the way, where do they get your Paul Mercurio stuff? Where, um, where do they get that? Oh. A, I, I got a guy with a Nova in the trunk, and it's right in the thing. Um, but like, you know, it's I don't but know. But that is, but but that's why I'm making the distinction between the two different uses of Kickstarter. What your partner Zane did isn't deceitful. He's saying I can't find funding for this fucking thing and I don't have the money to do it myself. Yeah. So is anybody interested? Let's make this happen. That's fine. That being said, I don't know if I would do it, but I don't have a problem. But but, with it. but think I don't about, have a problem. But, here, with but here's the other part but of the it. other thing I have a but problem with the is deceit. Okay, the but here's thing. the other th- part of Kickstarter. Uh, I'm a junior level accountant at a big company. I got I make seventy five thousand dollars a year. I have some disposable income. I'm twenty five years old and I'm a big fan. I want to I want to live vicariously through people in entertainment. I see somebody on Kickstarter. I don't give a shit if it's Adam Carolla, Joe Smith, Joe DeRosa, Tom. You know what? I want to put $3,000 into my... I, I, sure. Because I, I want to I be in show business, okay? Yeah. Why does that guy want to be in show business? That guy doesn't want to be in show business. I'm not saying all Kickstarter investors oh, are no. doing this. It's because... They want to get close to the Once sun. To get close to the they fun. want to exactly. get close to the sun. And they want, and, and, and it's not because they want to fuel art. Most of them, they want to go to the fucking premiere. Then they want to go to the fucking after party, and they want to do this, lines of coke with Cameron Diaz on this, some level. So, so everybody in this in this sort of model, right, has yeah. sort of got their own agenda. And as long as everybody's well, up, you're, you're up, all selling up front an experience. Look, if some. Some guy, like, we're in it to, to varying degrees, so we don't maybe see it as much. But where I grew up, where you grew up, Philly, you know, people, or people in the middle of the country, for them, it's like, okay, we can go and we can drop three grand to go down to the Bahamas and go to some all-expense resort, go to Cabo right. or whatever we're going to go. Right. Or we can get involved in this thing, and part of it is... <clears throat> 
like you said, we get to go. We got, I go get, I get to meet these people that I'm, you know. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with and, that. And I'm part of it. That's, and that's they, that and guy's they feel motivation. Like they're part that's of fine. It. And, and I think Paul made a good point. Nobody's holding the gun to these people. Said, "Go and do it." You know what I mean? No, no, no. But yeah. but here's the difference. And you're right in the case of Zane. But Zane actually did kick, hold a gun to several people's heads, didn't he? I think Kickstarter yeah. Kickstarter is just like Change.org. There are people that use it properly, and there are people that use it stupidly and selfishly, uh, and or selfishly. You know, when Change.org is used properly, it's to, to to you know raise awareness about racial intolerance somewhere or something like that. When it's used improperly, it's to try to get Ben Affleck out of Batman. So the same thing happens with. Kickstarter, where you have guys like your friend and your partner who said, I can't get this made and I don't have the cash. I'm going to try to raise some money. Here it is, guys. This is the project. We're trying to raise the cash. That's it. Boom. Then my problem with Adam is there is a deceitful thing happening because it's the same deceitful thing that bringer producers do to young comics. They, they find somebody young who's vulnerable, who's desperate, who wants to do anything to get their way into this business. And they say, hey, man, you give me some of your cash. You could be a part of this, wink, wink. You know, I hear uh, yeah. the people from Law and Order might be at that show on Tuesday. Well, see now, John's really upset that he gave Corolla well, five hundred bucks. Yeah. Damn, it sounds really similar to the payola scandal with the radio. Say again, you pay, sir. You, you you pay us money, we'll play your song on the radio. Exactly, exactly. And that ended up being illegal. Exactly. Can we? Can we it's desperate. It's, it's desperate. Can we get yes. a Kickstarter to raise money to put the fucking air conditioning on? Is it hot? <laughs> is it? Is the air not I, on? I thought I was hot because well, I wearing two a, shots of that shit. It was right, John? denim shirt. Jesus, it's hot in here. So, uh, all right. Well, listen. Yeah. Here, here. Let, what have we learned today? Ivana bitch tobacco flavor. I got a bucket. Paul McCartney voicemail I want to play for you. Oh, do you have it really? You have a voicemail? Yes, hold on. From Paul McCartney? You ran into him or something on the street, basically. And I you ran start into talk- him at the Colbert Report. Yeah, and you start talking to him. And, and- uh, he um, he's hanging out in the hallway after they did a rehearsal. And basically, um, just standing there, leaning against the wall, alone. Like, completely alone. Which, which was... When I come down the stairs and I go to my left and I see him, it wasn't that it was Paul McCartney. It was that it was Paul McCartney fucking alone. Like, there was there was not a handler, not a manager, yeah. nothing. A puppy, a parrot on his shoulder, nothing. And I basically, I'm walking by and my whole world slows on. I'm like, oh my God, it's Paul McCartney. Like, yeah. Do I say hi? Do I not say hi? Like, And I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to see him again. I kind of have an unwritten rule when I work on the shows. Like, I don't. Like unless it's like a like an idol, like when George Carlin came, I went to say hi to him. Like certain guys that like whatever. Right. So I, I got to say hi. So I put my hand out and I'm like, "Nice to meet you. It's an honor to be in the same building." Whatever I said, and he immediately engages me in conversation. Like, "Hey, what's your name, Paul? Oh, that's a good first name. Oh, thanks. Yeah, what are you doing? I'm a comedian." Oh, he starts talking to me about comedy, and then we start. He's got a kid. I got a kid. We talk about touring and being away from your family. Although his tour is a little different than my tour, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and one thing leads to another. And now the whole time I'm talking to him, I'm like, slowly creeping close, like that close talker guy on Seinfeld like super close to his face because I'm looking like he looks amazing he's 71 he dyes his hair but he fucking looks amazing I'm like that fucking baboon that's like cleaning ticks off the the mate (laughs) I'm getting real close and I'm just and the whole time I'm thinking should I ask him for an autograph should I ask for a picture I'm like nah I don't want to be that guy so I didn't ask him we talk we talk we talk and then he goes into the green room I go upstairs I go into the bathroom and I just start hyperventilating and I'm like holy shit and I go back and I say you know what I should ask him to do my podcast because I always I like to talk to people about their process, like whatever they do. Like, sure. And especially musicians, because I'm not musical at all, and people can hear that shit and do it. So I go and I sit down. I go back, and his door's open. He's just hanging in his green room kind of alone with one other guy. And I'm like, uh, 
I know this is crazy, but would you do my podcast? He goes, yeah, sure. Just like that. Yeah. That fast. And I'm like, now I turned into the guy who had never had the balls to ask the girl out. I figure I'll ask her, get it over with. She'll say no, but he says yes. And I don't know. I'm stammering. I'm like, well, uh. And I just started spewing like, he goes, how would we do it? I'm like, we, I could come to London. He goes, we're in New York. I go, yeah, we could do it here. And then I go, I go. Uh, we could do it on the phone. You could be in your toilet on the toilet and do it. On, I'm like fucking just sticking my both yeah. feet and my head and everything up my up my ass. And he goes, well, let's just, I go, look, I'll just get your number from your assistant. Well, your assistant's information. We'll figure it out. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, you and I will do it. I go, what? He goes, yeah, they'll just muck it up. He goes, we'll just exchange numbers. <laughs> so now I'm writing my phone number on a piece of paper and handing it to Paul McCartney. And like my handshake, I literally like, so I leave. I'm like, cool, nice to meet you. And I think he's just being super nah, you nice. You think you're not going to hear from now, him again. You know, yeah. just this guy's been doing this for 50 years. He knows how to deflect people, yeah. right? You know, the phone rings and they do the show. By the way, I recorded like some of the stuff from the show, which yeah. I wasn't supposed to do, but it was like amazing. He did like five songs that weren't on the air. And I'm now going to the Daily Show because they taped early that day. So now I have to go to the Daily Show. And, I'm, and I, the phone rings and I'm busy getting my backpack together and I screen the call. And this is the call. I'm going to play. Hopefully, this will play. Just hey, balls. Paul McCartney here. Um, I'm going to ring you back in five minutes to do the podcast thing. I've got some time now. Otherwise, I'm going to run out of time. So if you're there in five minutes' time, you got me. Okay, bye. Holy shit! So, By so, the way, how do you ensure? Do you are you taking oh, steps to get that off of? In oh, case, I've, I've already I got five versions of oh, you it have on it my computer. Else. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I that, got yeah. it in a fucking safe Jesus and a wall. Christ. So now I go from the highest of highs to like this lowest of lows because I just fucking screened the call from Paul McCartney and I'm never gonna get him back. <laughs> so now I'm walking on 11th and 54th Street, realizing I get an interview with Paul McCartney. So I pull my notebook out. So I'm writing questions in my notebook. I call the studio here in LA uh, Sideshow Network guys go um, I, I, I got uh, I got Paul McCartney ready to go for an interview they go well we have somebody in the studio and I just fucking snap they go did you not hear me I have fucking Paul McCartney I turned into like that like every bad network executive Yeah. and I called him back and he picks up the phone he goes I'm ready to do it I'm back at the hotel I'm like I need a couple of minutes to get the thing he goes okay right, give me a call back so I, I basically had to call him back three more times because we had to find the line. And I yeah. finally was so stressed out. I'm like, look, this is I, – I can't keep you waiting. You're, let's just pick a day because now that we really should do it now. I got a line and called him back. And then I get, I get him on the phone. You got to hold on. Paul's in the bathroom. So like – She's like perfect. I'm like, and all I'm thinking is, it must be the most genius shit ever. Like he's a genius, you know. Yeah, that's fucking. Yeah, I'll tell you what, crazy, you got it. You got to go to Paul Mercurio's show and check out that one. Plus, I was also listening to the Colbert, a old friend of yours, obviously. Yeah. Where and that that's just a great one yeah. too. And, and you know what's really a cool one to listen to if uh, folks have the time? We did a two part interview with the host of the MythBusters. Those guys. Yeah, we are, had we just had him. Yeah. He's on fucking great Good people. And yeah. you know, because we got into a conversation that I didn't expect about atheism. You know, they're skeptics. They go to these skeptics sure. conventions and stuff. So if people can hear that one too, it's a really cool interview. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been. And what, where are you at on the Twitter? Uh, at Paul Mercurio, M E C U R I O. Don't put that R in there. You're don't put get that, that in. You get that dancer. And hey, Joe, Joe DeRosa, where are we going to find you on the uh, Twitter? At Joe DeRosa Comedy, uh, and buy my new album. You will die. You will die. It's out now. He's at, double. You, is it true you named that for you? 
that was directed towards Adam Carolla? No. Name that thing? No. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> um, uh. Hey, I also want to thank my brother John for sitting in with us. John is a man of few words, but when he says something, he means it. Right. Uh, and uh, you, Ivana Bitch uh, Tobacco Flavored wow. Vodka. It's the gift that keeps giving here on, my on Happy Hour. Zane and Dunn. We'll be back uh, next show with our good friend Tom Caltabiano. See you then. Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. <sighs> Aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service, too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price $999.99. Zero percent APR while supplies last. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you. This holiday, now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers!